Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading higher this morning following an overnight rally on Wall Street. We have a slew of corporate earnings to break down this morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Good of you to join me. And also on the program is Ryan Huang. How's Friday looking, Ryan? TJF, Michelle. Okay, let's start off in Singapore and Southeast Asia's second largest bank, OCBC. It is reporting earnings this morning and it's booked a $1.3 billion profit for the fourth quarter of the year. That is 34% higher than a year earlier. Uh, regular listeners who've been following Market View may have heard us talk about the results of other financial companies and may be able to guess the answer to this first question, but let me go ahead and ask anyway. We'll see if listeners get it right. What is powering OCBC's strong results? Ryan. All right, I'll give you a few moments to think about it. It is rising interest rates, so no surprises. Mm-hmm. Same story for OCBC, so let's walk through the numbers. So OCBC had a pretty good quarter by most measures. So if you look at the numbers, uh, we are looking at record earnings as well for OCBC. So at $5.75 billion for FY 2022. So for that year, it's up 18% from the prior year. Let's zoom in into the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter earnings were up 34% to $1.3 billion. So high interest rates pushing the net interest income to record levels. So that's the bright spots. Um, And if you look at the NIMS, the net interest margins, we are looking at for the fourth quarter, 2.31% for comparison. The fourth quarter in the prior year was at 1.52%. And in the prior quarter, it was at around 2.06%. So higher net interest margins. So if you look at the weaknesses, also pretty similar, uh, but I think it's more pronounced for OCBC. So bank fee income was down, weighed down by unfavorable market conditions. And that was a big drag on Great Eastern Holdings, which we saw earlier in the week uh, suffering from unrealized valuation losses. So that was um, one of the weaknesses that really um, pulled down OCBC. Let's look at the dividends. 40 mm-hmm. cents per share, final dividend, on top of the interim one, which was 28 cents, payout 68 cents for the year, which is a slight improvement from the prior year, but no bonus or special dividend. If we take a step back, how does OCBC's business shape up as compared with Singapore's other listed banks, DBS and UOB? Okay, so the Mm -hmm. look at it is overall pretty similar. You've got rising interest rates, putting all banks for higher profitability. Uh, So here is where I think the nuances or the slight differences might come into play. So UOB typically has a... Well, bigger focus on the ASEAN region with especially its recent city acquisition of some of its assets in Indonesia and Thailand especially. So that's going to be a big focus for them. And for OCBC, they have a bit more exposure in China where they have Wing Hang. So that's going to be important because of the China reopening story. And also, I think worth watching is the NIMS because if I look at the 2.31% they just reported, it is, uh, I believe, the strongest out of the three local banks. So all in, I think it's a good quarter for all three banks and um, we'll see how all these various factors play out. If we take a look at the bank's share prices, OCBC is the best performer. Its shares are up nearly 4% since the beginning of the year and 5% over the past 12 months. DBS and UOB shares are both in the red, have been over the past year. All right, 
From finance, I want to turn to Grab, the transport and super app, and the app that I'm on most times of day. Ryan, before we dive into the numbers, let me ask you, when was the last time that you took a Grab to get somewhere or ordered food over Grab? Gosh, Michelle, it's just this morning. I take it every day to work. That, there you go. It seems more people are using Grab services overall. It grossed 1.4 billion US dollars last year. That's more than double its revenue a year earlier. However, as good as these numbers sound, 1.4 billion US dollars, and they are above expectations, by the way, Grab is still losing money overall. So why isn't Grab profitable, Ryan? Yeah, so you've got a bit of a mixed bag, so to speak. So it is on some fronts good. So I also had a good part first. Um, so it is not losing as much money as before. So that's good. So it's able to, in some sense, break even or reach its profitability targets earlier. And that's what they are guiding for. And if you look at the losses, it is still losing money. So money losing startup because some businesses segments are still growing at a fast pace. But because of the growth, they have had to spend on many things, including expenses, marketing. All that plays a part in well, bringing down the bottom line. So this is something they've had to absorb for the past few years. And let's dive into the two segments. The main two ones are, of course, rides. If you look at mobility, that rebounded. So it's grown 43%. It is in positive territory at $494 million for FY2022. If you look at the deliveries, which is the food stuff, it is starting to see some turnaround. If you look at the fourth quarter, it just turned positive um, to $47 million from negative $84 million a year before. So on that front, you can kind of tell for the past three quarters, it has been in some fashion losing or bleeding money because of its growth um, stages. So now it's starting to turn a corner. Crab's numbers do definitely seem to be moving in the right direction. I agree. Do you think the company is likely to be profitable soon? Million dollar question, Ryan. Well, it's a tough one. I would believe <laughs> there's now a stronger argument to see that happen because as you've seen in the delivery segment, that is really picking up. It's just turned positive. And if you look at the um, restrictions being lifted recently, that I think will build or allow Grab to build on the momentum to further gain traction and also perhaps market share. And if you look at what it's been doing, it's been cutting back on incentives to drivers. So that brings down the costs more. So it's optimizing its expenses. So I think if you put that all together, if nothing mm-hmm. else throws a spanner into the works, it's well on its way to reaching its target. Well, investors sold off on the latest news. Shares of Grab dropped more than 8% in US trade overnight. They are down more than 40% over the past year. I want to turn now to two companies that are doing well thanks to China's decision to drop their COVID-19 restrictions. Now, the first is a tech giant and the other is in tourism. The two stocks in question are Alibaba and the hotel chain Accor. Alibaba's net income jumped nearly 7 in the last quarter of the year. Wow. Its profits are a result of more cost-cutting than increased sales, though. Tell us more. Yeah, so it's a sign that maybe Alibaba could be in for better days after putting itself on better footing on those cost-cutting measures. So, So let's take a look at the numbers. Revenue rose 2% for its third quarter end of December. That is to the tune of 35.9% 
billion. And this is above the consensus forecast or just slightly above it. And if you look at where we are right now for retail sales, it did contract, if you look at the Chinese picture, so Chinese total retail sales down 1.8% in December. Uh, Overall, that is just pointing to some slack in the Chinese market. And you've seen how in the past quarter, restrictions were still in place. So that was a bit of a drag. And sentiment around spending was not as strong. But perhaps going forward, it will be a pickup as we saw uh, how China made plans to reopen some of its um, borders as well as Mm. increase policies uh, policies to stimulate spending. Uh, Elsewhere, Mm -hmm. it does look like there is some support internationally. It is doing better. On the cloud front, it is also interesting. The growth even though it's still growing, is not as strong as what market watchers are hoping for. So perhaps a sign that corporate spending in the cloud space, tech space, is still quite muted. So a bit of caution on the front. All right, next up is the French hotel chain Accor. Its brands include Raffles, the Fairmont, Swiss Hotel, Novotel, many more as well. Accor is forecasting higher revenue per room for the year ahead. What is the reason for its optimism? So this is Europe's biggest hotel group. They are Mm. optimistic about Chinese travellers returning. So that's Ah. going to be good news for anyone in the hospitality sector. So it is looking at, let's look at the RAFPA, to increase by 5 to 9% for this year mm. versus last year. So it is going to be good news for hotels like Sofitel, Pullman and Ibis or Ibis, which is under the group's umbrella. Shares of Accor rose 2% yesterday. They are up more than 30% since the beginning of the year. This is Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. He's Ryan Huang. Good morning, everyone. For more corporate news, I'm going to head to Up or Down, which means you get to play along with us. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go, Michelle. Let's start with Rolls-Royce, Ryan. All right, Rolls-Royce is driving up. So it's going to be around (laughs) how its new CEO has been on a mission to revamp the fortunes or revive the fortunes for Rolls-Royce. So he's gone through a bit of a strategic review. He's identified seven areas for improvement from working capital to what to invest in, including culture. So that's quite interesting. So I think it's a good shake-up for Rolls-Royce and I think investors are liking it. Indeed, Rolls-Royce earnings have crushed expectations. The company's profits jumped 57% from a year earlier. Gotta love that figure, thanks largely to its aviation and its power system division. So an up for Rolls-Royce in my book. Next up, let's look at the pharmaceutical giant Moderna. Yeah, it's a tough one for biotech these days, or at least pharma, because you know, COVID-19, the worst is behind us. And the question now, nowadays is, what's next for these big pharma companies, especially the vaccine makers? And in this case, Moderna was a miss on earnings, as we saw surplus production capacity. No surprises, because you don't need that much now. And also mm. costs rising, which is also no surprise, because... Everything is facing inflationary pressures. So on those two fronts, Moderna is not having a good look on its latest fourth quarter earnings. Agree with you. Moderna's latest numbers have disappointed investors who are largely looking now to see what new treatments Moderna may have in the pipeline. Moderna shares closed down nearly 7% overnight. Let's bring the conversation to Singapore now with the maker of Tiger Balm, the Hopa Corporation. Yeah, it is looking 
up for Hopa because mm. earnings are up on improved consumer demand. So I'm thinking, you know, more people going out and about sports, weekend warriors, and more demand for Tiger Balm. Indeed, it did really have that good fourth quarter, didn't it? Its profits jumped nearly 25%, so an up from me as well for Hopa. Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding. All right, YZJ is mm. going to be a down, at least when you look at the second half earnings. Profit was down 30, uh, 30% after spinning off its financial holding division. So something that was, um, I guess, going to weigh on earnings in time to come because of those effects. Sounds like a rapper, YZJ. All right, let's move to City Developments. City Dev is mm-hmm. up for me based on its second half profit, higher by 42%. So a couple of things helping to support that. Disposal gains, higher revenue. And the group is hoping to go even bigger, expanding and putting more money into its expansion plans. Indeed. Our last entry today, Ryan, is EC World REIT. EC World REIT is going to be a down for me based on its fourth quarter DPU, which is down almost 60% to 0.628 cents. So this is the China-focused e-commerce logistics landlord. So something um, that they are, I guess, having some trouble turning around a ship uh, in that sense because of the various... um, impacts of the COVID-19 related economy issues uh, that have been playing, in, playing out in China. Investors got to be down about that figure. EC World Week cutting distributions to investors by nearly 60%. Wow. Let's check in on local markets now. Keppel Corp was the biggest loser among the blue chips yesterday, but it's a special case. Keppel shares plunged 26%. That's massive. More than a quarter of its market value. Poof, disappeared. But not all is as it seems. How so, Ryan? Yeah, it's one of those days when you look at a screen and you're wondering, what's happening here? Because it looks a bit odd. Because capital doesn't typically drop by that much a margin. 26%. But you have to look at what's going on here, which is the in the backdrop, the merger with San Marine between Capo's marine arm or offshore marine arm with San Marine. So that's in the backdrop and they've reached a deal. And part of the deal is the payout of um, various uh, entitlements. So mm-hmm. after factoring those entitlements in, it then means if you're trading it or buying it ex-dividend, you will then see that discount being factored in because once you add in San Marine shares, you actually benefit in terms of a higher value overall. In fact, you be um, seeing the overall value of capital plus San Marine shares altogether a 13% premium. So even though on the surface, it looks like it's down 26%, the value-wise is higher. Wonderful. Before I let you go, just yesterday we were talking about, you know, how Microsoft is trying to rein Bing in shorter conversations, less follow-up questions, uh, to tame its aggressive responses that can come through when it says, you know, it it has threats, it it harbors threats to humanity, or when it tells users, I love you, you know, something really from left field. Well, those safeguards didn't last long because Microsoft has already removed them because too many users said, they didn't like them. So what do you make of the uh, fast about turn from Microsoft, Ryan? Yeah, like what you reference 
they were a bit worried that the more you talk to the chatbot, the more it would get confused and give you really odd answers. So they wanted to prevent you from binging on Bing, so to speak. So from <laughs> a limit of around 50 um, per day when it comes to how much you can chat, they are now hearing the feedback from many people. And I, I think that's good. They, they are acknowledging and responding to it. So they are lifting the restrictions to mm. a higher ceiling. 60 total chats per day. Maybe not enough, but they are at least doing something. They have plans to increase it to 100 chats soon. Maybe in time to come, uh, it'll be you know, unlimited. Or they could just put a price on it and say, hey, this is going to be a premium feature. That's it. That's more likely it, isn't it? A price ceiling. All right. Well, thanks very much for that. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.